Well, if y'all don't mind, let's go ahead and start, and then that way maybe we can finish early, if that's okay. But uh, uh, it is, I've got 4 o'clock Central Time, which means it's 5 o'clock for you East Coast, your, your Eastern Time Zoners. And today is April 17th. 2016, and this is Worlds of Books. Today, we are discussing the novel uh, One Summer by David Baldacci, B-A-L-D-A-C-C-I, of Italian descent, born August 5th, 1960, and raised in Richmond, Virginia. He received a B.A. from Virginia Commonwealth University and a law degree from the University of Virginia. He actually practiced law for nine years. Sounds a little bit like John Grisham, I guess. Uh, And uh, wrote his first novel, Absolute Power, I think probably during the last three years. He wrote it, it took him three years to write Absolute Power, which was published in 1996. And he was working, he was was practicing law while he he wrote that. Uh, Let's see... uh, he is the co-founder of the Wish You Well Foundation, which exists to combat illiteracy in the United States. Wish You Well happens to be another one of his novels that I really liked that happens to be kind of the same genre that this is, a, a more of a, a human relations kind of story as opposed to uh, the thriller care category, which I would categorize the large majority of his work. Uh, let's see. He... To date, he's published 31 uh, adult novels and five novels for younger readers. He's got several series that he writes. Uh, Some of these may or may not sound familiar to you. There's a Camel Club series. I'm not going to mention individual titles, but there's a Camel Club series, the Sean King and Michelle Maxwell series, which I think has probably got the most in it, the Shaw and Katie James series. I'm not sure I read any of those. The John Puller series, the Will Roby series, and the Amos Decker series. So uh, that's about all I did in terms of research for David Baldacci. So I'll let go of the mic, and uh, folks can chime in what they thought about this book. Thanks. Okay, well, I guess I'll start. I Like I said, I loved this book. I thought it was really good. I read it simply because I saw this announcement. I figured, oh, I'm in between books. I got a week. Let me see. So I read it, and I, and I like I said, I really liked it. Um, I, I did have a couple problems. One is he never – I don't like when authors don't tell you the – like he's, this guy, Jack, had this so-called terminal disease that he never names – and I, I didn't like that. I think he should have told us specifically what this guy was supposed to be dying of, et cetera, et cetera. And I think that what that did, when he didn't want to tell us the name, he just kept saying it's too hard to pronounce or whatever, I, what that told me was he didn't want to do the research, and he just wanted to you know, get away without doing any research just to, just to write a book. So I kind of, that kind of bothered me, but I did still like the story, despite the fact that he didn't want to, didn't seem to want to do any medical research, didn't want to learn anything about whatever disease his character was supposed to have. 
Yeah, I, I'm going to chime in without doing the research, too, and say I suspect that he probably was basing the character on some kind of fictionalized disease because he probably couldn't find one that actually uh, w- would work the way he wanted the story to go. You know, m- Maybe he couldn't find one that was considered fatal, you know, all of the time that he, he thought he could sell if, 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 if he named it. So, uh, but, but, I, but I agree with you. I, I would I would much prefer that if, if they really are basing it on something that they name it. That, that's what leads me to believe he, he may have just decided to, to, to fictionalize this disease. Well, in fictionalizing the disease, he made it go the way he wanted it to. Um, had it been a real disease, then he wouldn't have been able to do um, what he did with this and make uh, Jack a miracle man. I mean, yes, sometimes, many times fatal diseases, uh, suddenly a person can go into remission or whatever it is from them, but when you make up a disease, you can have things go exactly the way you want to. And the trouble with that also is that since it was considered a terminal disease, um, even though he was considered a miracle man, how do they know that someday he wouldn't have a remission and go back into this disease again? And that's exactly what his mother-in-law was afraid was going to happen. Um, I have to admit that uh, <laughs> to in the beginning, David Baldacci isn't one of my favorite authors, mystery or otherwise. I mean, you know, he's all right, and I don't avoid necessarily reading him, but I don't, I don't rush into reading him because he comes out with something new, because I find that his books are all kind of like that. Uh, you know, they're just... Uh, he almost crowds too much in so that you'll keep reading, that kind of thing. Um, yes, it was exciting there at the end of the ocean and all that, but you know, really, guys, that's kind of over the top. Well, I have to admit, I, I liked him a lot more uh, in, in his earlier career. And a, a lot of his, I mean, the last few of his that I've read, they seem a bit cookie cutter. They're all very, I mean, the names all change and stuff, but but they all just kind of read the same to me. And I, I don't know, a lot of the, I've read a lot of his that have been done commercially and it's always Orla Cassidy, and I forget the guy's name that's always reading them. But I don't know. They're, they're, they're all kind of starting to sound alike, and they're all starting to kind of read alike, and they're all very forgettable. But uh, you know, having said that, I, I, I mean, I did like this one a little bit better. I mean, of course, we can, we can, we can poke holes in, in different parts of it, I'm sure. But uh, uh, I, I like his stuff better when, when he varies off the thriller route and the the you know the suspense route because like I said they're all starting to sound kind of similar to me. Do you know what this book is about? That's the I, I can't remember the exact title about the the wish thing. I'd be interested in knowing what he's actually doing, literally what they're doing for to to promote literacy. Do you know any more about that, Alan? No, I just know what I uh, most of what I summarize in his bio came off of a Wikipedia article, and I, I've not I've not looked any more specifically what kind of programs they're doing to to combat illiteracy. And all all it said was basically what I said: it tends to fight or combat illiteracy in America. And uh, uh, but I did enjoy the Wish You Well book, the novel, because I mean it's it's set like in like in the poor. I mean, it, it seems like to me I remember maybe in the poor Appalachian region somewhere, and it's. Uh, 
it, it's just it's just about this family, and it's just I, I, I very much enjoyed it. And I also liked the uh, the Christmas Train, which is which is another one of his holiday books, which I, I like that as well. I remember when I when I was describing this book to people like on Fillmore or whatever, I remember saying it's about this guy who has this terminal disease, and then I described the wife who was killed. It was actually she. As I, I used the phrase, seriously dead, as, <laughs> cracked people up, as opposed to the guy who was supposed to die but didn't. You know, the other, the, the wife actually was killed, seriously killed, <laughs> by a, something that really happened. That's kind of how I described it. Well, I, I, I like your terminology. That it, it drives the point home, so... Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was kind of a. It, it, I did like that. That was kind of a twist, and uh, uh, and I, you know, I thought it was horrible that you know she was she was out at the drugstore for him, trying to get his medicine and stuff, and uh, you know that's the way life can be awfully cruel when it's passing out cards. It seems like because uh, uh, I mean I'm sure we've all got stories to tell that uh, maybe not as horrific as all that, but uh, it just it just seems like it can. It can turn and bite us in the rear end lots of times. And that mother-in-law was a real bitch. Oh, my God. Now, she was she was believable. I mean, I guess they were all believable in their own way, but, oh, my God, she was a real bitch. Man. She she didn't leave any stone unturned when it came to meanness. No, I I, I, I loathed her. I mean, she was obviously set up as as to be the, the, the one to hate in this. And, uh, but... Uh, well, I don't even think I, I mean, I, I enjoyed this book. Uh, like I said, I mean, I, I'm not going to disagree with, uh, you know, the, the negative comments. I mean, w- we can all make negative comments about anything we read, I suspect. So uh, I, I respect everybody's opinion. Everybody has, uh, you know, everybody's opinion is as good as everybody else's opinion. So uh, uh, as I like to say, my opinion on a dollar will get me my choice at the Dollar Tree. So uh, I, I I say everybody should express themselves, and that's why we have these discussions. Because uh, I like hearing I like hearing the negatives, especially because it, it, they're usually a, a lot more food for thought. And don't forget, guys, the mother-in-law saw the light at the at the end. So, see, even she was saved. Well, you know what? I like this book, um, and it was kind of like a book for the moment. I liked it. Um, I might recommend it. It was okay, um, but it was it was a little trite. Um, yes, at the very end, she saw that the uh, the light and everybody was reunited, and everybody seemed to throughout the book uh, with no lack of funds. Uh, even though he got a little bit nervous every once in a while about where were funds going to come from and they ended up having enough money to do everything that everybody wanted and needed and um, so to me it was what I would consider an okay book at the end I got a little emotional because I thought this was the end for her but then she was okay and so I stopped crying and then started thinking about what I really think of this book well I liked it say i loved it but i liked it it was okay yeah uh uh 
Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm the same way. You, you can almost guarantee that m- most of Baldacci's stuff's going to be wrapped in a nice, neat bow at the end. So, uh, you know, some folks like happy endings, and I, I usually pretty good about delivering on that that front. You know, sometimes, you know, sometimes some books end best when when, when they don't have a neat bow wrapped around them. But hey, yeah, you know, that's, that's for another discussion. Uh, I, I tell you. I think the character I really liked was was his friend, the the guy on the that rode the motorcycle. I can't remember his name, but I, I really liked him. So uh, I don't know. Anybody else have any any other characters that that that, that appeal to them? His name was Sammy, and and yeah, I liked him too. I mean, he kind of kept everything level, didn't he? At, at an even keel, and and really uh, brought Jack up when Jack needed to be brought up, you know, and made to see things the way they really were. So. Uh, he was my favorite character, and of course, I liked I liked the daughter a lot. I mean, I I thought, you know, I liked the relationship that she was having with the other musician whose name I've forgotten. But uh, I thought that was a good a good way to go. I thought she was needlessly snippy in the beginning, you know, telling off Tiffany and stuff. I kind of thought she went out of her way, but in the long run, you know, you you gotta have grit in this man's world today and she had it well um, yes I, I loved Sammy I thought he was he was a stabilizing influence he was always there when they needed him but you know who I really loved was that little one Jackie he was so adorable he was so cute I thought he was just 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 added so much life to everybody and everything he was great yeah, and I told you I can't remember any of the, any of the characters' names. I, I, I mean, I know the the woman was probably too good to be true, but I, I, I even liked the the woman he, you know, that that he ended up getting involved with, uh, you know, that ran the restaurant and stuff. But you know, I, 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 I liked her character Pro- probably because subconsciously, I'd love to meet some somebody like that and stuff. But you know, obviously she's a fictional character, but I, I liked the way she was drawn, and, and, and I liked her son a lot too because he he was. And like uh, y'all just said, I, I like the relationship between her son and 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 the daughter. Uh, I thought that was uh, that that was well done. I was kind of hoping Mickey, it's Mickey and Liam. Liam was the other kid's name. I was kind of hoping they would get together. I know they were teenagers, and you know, I know they would have to go to college. They should go to college. Um, but I was kind of hoping they would go to college together, and I don't know, right off into the co- collegiate sunset or whatever. But um, but yeah, um, yeah. She was Jenna, and of course he was he was Jack. And I agree with you, Joni. I love little Jackie. He was a cutie. But then I just love little kids, and he was pretty convincing as a little cute little kid. There were three kids, right? Yeah, there was uh, there was Mickey. She was the oldest. Michelle was her real name. Then there was Corey. He was like about twelve. He was probably, I would say, the least. 16, 15. He was probably the least developed of the characters, I think. And then there was little Jackie. I think Corey was 14, and what I liked about him was when he got up and objected to this talent show, because you're right. I mean, we hadn't heard much from him before, but he really stood up on that one and, and fought for them. Don't all, uh, don't all small towns have one of those rigged kind of kind of shows where the, <laughs> where the same. Uh, uh, progeny of somebody that, that that runs the town seems to win every year. <laughs> I thought that scene was pretty funny. 
Yeah, I was kind of hoping that Mickey and Liam would win and, you know, break the winning streak of this Tiffany bitch. Uh, yeah, I guess this book was full of bitches, wasn't it? Between the mother-in-law and that, that kid. But the mother-in-law was obviously a lot worse. But, yeah, I was kind of hoping that, that uh, Liam and Mickey would win. Um, but, yeah, that's right. That was the only time we really, truly heard from Corey was, was at that talent show. So, uh, that, did, did that disease that, you know, that, you know, like you said, Nancy, they didn't really give us a lot of details about it. Did, I, I can't say it sounded familiar to anything I've come across before. And I, like I said, I think he probably made that deliberately vague, uh, because I think he, I think he was just making it up to, you know, you know, to come up with something that would, that would suit his purposes. But uh, uh, has anybody come across anything that sounded anything like what they were describing? No, I haven't. But it was probably a combination of things that could happen with any disease. You know, you have oxygen. You know, he'd have pain. They didn't even say where the pain was. But he had pain, and she had to go get his pain meds. And, um, you know, I don't know. That didn't sound like anything. It sounded like a little bit of everything. That could be. That could have happened. And Lizzie was a little wife. She was a little too perfect. I think, anyway. Now that, that she was the one that died at, at, at the beginning, right? The, his wife, he says. Uh, Lucy was that her name? Lizzie. Lizzie, and um, you know, he wrote these letters to her, and I mean, I can understand the grief and everything, but. Um, even before she died, she seemed to be Mrs. Perfect. And I don't know, a little bit too good to be true, but I suppose that many times after a person has died, people do kind of put them in that kind of veil of per- perfection. Well, yeah, exa- exactly. I mean, yeah, the, the people that, that that die that die young and. Uh, or forever immortalized. Uh, I think that's that seems to be the human nature. Uh, okay, well, uh, y- y'all want to take some more shots at what you didn't like? Or I mean, as far as I'm concerned, we can wrap it up. And I, I can, I've got a book picked for next month. I hope y'all aren't gonna hate me for it, but I've, I've picked something out. So uh, 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 if y'all want to take a few more shots about uh, one summer, we can. Or I can just tell you what next month's assignment's going to be. Let me know. Personally, I'm pretty much done with, I think I've said everything I wanted to say, and I am curious about what the next book's going to be. Um, so, I'm ready to I'm ready to go on. So am I. Me too. Okay. Well, I, I'm trying to make myself read more nonfiction, so I apologize if, if y'all don't like that. So, uh, I, I'm trying to read... Uh, you know, maybe every other book at least, or you know, it's, it, it, it's no set formula. But uh, I, I read this book that I thoroughly enjoyed. Uh, uh, I, I hope y'all enjoy it too. I think the guy's got a lot of good things to say. You may not agree with him politically, uh, because I'm 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 sure uh, he, some of what he's he, he says can be interpreted politically. I guess it's called. Gumption, Relighting the Torch of Freedom 
with America's greatest troublemakers. DB82061. It is by Nick Offerman, O F F E R M A N. Nick Offerman is a television personality. He is, uh, I guess, a humorist, a satirist. Uh, he was in the television show Parks and Recreation. But the guy's smart. I got to tell you, I've seen him on uh, a few talk shows, and I've always liked what he had to say. I think he's got the right. Uh, uh, I think he sees what's important in life uh, about trying to get along with people. And uh, the thing I liked about this book, he takes like 21 different personalities, 21 different people. Some are, are dead and you know historical. Some are still with us. And it's just people he thinks that have a lot of gumption that, that get to getting things done and stuff. And uh, he mixes a good bit of humor in. He mixes some vernacular language in, so uh, you know, I hope it, you know y'all won't be too squeamish about that. I personally find it funny, uh, and he mixes a bunch of humor in. And the man, I, I guarantee you, if you listen to it with a dictionary, you may want to listen to it with a dictionary handy. And if you do, your vocabulary will improve by by a factor of, of, of two or three times. I, I'm I'm willing to bet the guy's got a great vocabulary, and he he sprinkles it liberally throughout the book. Uh, he narrates it himself. It's a commercial uh, version, and uh, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. So that's all I got to say about that. Can you read us the actual NLS annotation? Give me a second. I'm going to have to turn my magnification up really high. Hang on. Okay. All right. I read you the title. I read you the author. It's 11 hours, 44 minutes. It's categorized as biography, humor, U.S. history. Comedian Nick Offerman profiles the lives of those um, Americans who have inspired him. He tells the stories of 21, uh, 21, hang on, let me find my place, 21 individuals from George Washington to Willie Nelson and using both serious history and humor describes why they inspire him. Unrated commercial audio book, 2015. But, I, you know, I really liked it, and I think, if nothing else, listen to 30 minutes of it or 15 minutes of it just to see, see what you think because you, you kind of get the flavor of it. He starts with George Washington is the first one in the group, and uh, you, you get a feel of what it's going to be like. You, you get a you know a mix of the humor and the, the language and and, and and the gist of it uh, pretty quickly. So uh, yeah, like I said, uh, I mean we, we're all different. We all have different opinions about stuff. I really like the book, and I and, and I'm hoping at least one of one more of y'all will like it too. Well, I'll, you know, I've, we've got a month. I'll certainly give it a shot and see, you know, see what I think. We meet again. What on the? What would that be? The fifteenth? It's always the third Sunday of the month. You nailed it. It'll be May fifteenth. That's exactly right. It will be the Sunday after. Always. We always follow bank. It's always the Sunday after banquet of books. So yeah, that's 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 a good uh, marker. So uh, 
I want to thank everybody for their comments. I hope you aren't. I mean, I think we I think we discussed one summer enough. So uh, 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 enjoy the the extra thirty minutes that that we have because we're out early. And uh, thanks for everybody's comments. I always enjoy talking and hearing from all you guys. Thanks, Alan. Hi, hi. This is li- this is line eyed. Line eyed. Couldn't get in, couldn't get in before. Before, or, but, but. Um, um. I will. I will try and be at. Try and be at the next. The next one. One. Hi, Lina. Sorry, you. Uh, you missed it. We finished early. Uh, are you on a? Are you on an iPhone, maybe, or an iPad, or uh, using that TC conference app? I just I happen to notice your 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 buffering or your repeat each of your words are repeating so I was just curious Simon 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 and I and I pen and I pad 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 so I don't I don't know no I, I was having I was having trouble trouble with it with it so so I I don't know maybe no maybe I'm doing some doing something wrong wrong I doubt you're doing anything wrong. I think it's probably just the uh, uh, the, the it's, it's it's either the hardware or the software. But but you sound kind of like you sound kind of like sound kind of like like that like that like that. Just that that's just so you'll know. But uh, I I don't think that's probably anything you're doing incorrectly. Yeah, it's odd, isn't it? I'm I'm using an an iBook, and uh, I don't have any of those troubles. So I guess there's a real difference between the iPads. You know that the iOS devices and and when you get into the iBooks, it seems to correct itself. Although I'm using the Windows part of iBooks, so that might tell us something. But yeah, she was buffering a lot. Well, tell me, what is an iBook? I'm not, I'm not familiar with that. I mean, I know what iBooks the iBook app is on my iPhone, but I'm not familiar with a device called iBook. What is that? Well, it's. It's, mine's, mine's a full, you know, it's not a laptop. It's, it's a regular, I replaced it with, with Windows, um, I guess, 7. I must have had when, when my computer crashed. And the, nice, the reason that I was willing to do it, and I was advised, frankly, by someone who knew what they were talking about, um, is because it, it's, it has like two... Um, Two discs, you might say. You don't see that, but there are. You you have your your Windows disc that that I am on now, and and otherwise I go to the to the Apple part of it, the iBook part of it. It's just called an iBook Pro, and I think I'm version 13. There's several different versions of it, and there are probably later ones now. And um, I'm having a struggle learning it because it's there's so much to learn, but um, I think it was a good choice, you know. And I didn't want to go to a completely new Windows project, and especially you know Windows 10 or whatever. And in this case, I'm not going to I'm not changing Windows at all. But um, I'm really impressed with it. So you, it, it's basically an Apple computer. It sounds like is is it a desktop or or a laptop? So. Uh, uh, iBook sounds like what the name of the hardware is, or uh, and then I, I, I appreciate that you're running a uh, 
uh, probably a virtual machine that's running Windows in it uh, within whatever hardware framework you're running under. And are you running Windows 7 in that framework or, or something else? I'm pretty sure I'm running Windows 7, and I was told not to upgrade, just leave it alone, even though they come in and tell me, you know, I should. But I haven't, and I'm not having any trouble. But mine, mine is a desktop. Well, I, 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 I'm with you there about these people that have this upgrade fever. Uh, uh, I, I'm, I'm going to keep preaching the same thing over and over again. The guys that always want you to upgrade are not wanting you to upgrade to benefit yourself. They're, wanting to, they're usually preaching that to benefit either themselves or somebody else. And it's, uh, if my stuff's working for me, I'll leave it alone. Do do I sound I sound any bit any better now or now? I have to say you sound really good, but you are still buffering and you're 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 coming in and echoes and echoes and echoes. So, sorry, I sorry I tried tried to move to move cl- closer closer to to the to the um um. The ra- ra- uh, um, whatever, whatever. The, the thing that thing that gives me gives me the internet, internet. But but it sounds sounds to me like me like she has she has an an iMac. iMac. You're correct. That's that's exactly what it's called. I think it's called an, you know a MacBook. For, but it seems like there's an I in there somewhere. But, yeah, and, and I will say Apple has done a good job, you know, of trying to have blind people that you can really talk to who know the equipment. And, boy, I think that's a big step in the right direction, even if they may try to sell you something or an upgrade that you don't really need. Um, it's better than Windows, you know, where they don't even talk to you. No, I agree. Apple's done an excellent job with their stuff. And uh, h- how are you finding uh, voiceover uh, on the, the MacBook itself? Has uh, it been pretty easy to use? Yeah, voiceover is very easy to use. And they have, you know, like a whole section of things. You could change, you know, the pitch, the rate, everything that you ever thought you wanted to change. And there's a trackpad so that you could have gestures and you can even create some of your own gestures. Uh, I have an iPod that I never was comfortable with. So that's where I came into the picture. And um, I'm glad I did keep struggling with it, but, but went on um, to, the, to the iBook, because, uh, to the Mac, because I can go either direction. And uh, for me, that's good. So, I mean... I've used Windows for years and years and years and and used IBM-based personal computers since they came out in 1981, so I'm an old dinosaur. So that's why I've always been hesitant to to convert over to the Mac world. But just, just for jollies, you said something about some kind of trackpad. Do they have... I mean, obviously, I've learned iOS because I've got an iPhone, and I've been using it for three years now, and I've spent a lot of time learning how to do the gestures and everything in the iOS world. It Does that convert over? I mean, is, is there a way to, to attach something to your 
Mac desktop computer, whatever it's called, MacBook or, or, or what have you, that would let me use those gestures by swiping on some kind of pad of some kind, or did I hear wrong? No, you heard right. Uh, yeah, and, and it's called a trackpad, and it's just, you know, kind of like a... It's it's bigger than on, like, an iPod, and, and I'm not that familiar with an iPad, but um, that's exactly right. And the more gestures you learn to use or want to use, the more you can use. Um, so it's kind of, you know, like the best of both worlds, really. And um, and as I say, I was intrigued because I could go Windows or I could go Mac because um, I knew it was going to be a struggle for me to learn. And it has, you know. <laughs> I'm kind of old to be learning new tricks at this point. But um, I would recommend it for anybody who really was seriously thinking about changing you know, the system that they were using. Well, my view on that is you're never too old to learn anything new. I mean, if it's something you want to know how to do, you're not too old to learn it. And uh, so do, does that trackpad, is it like a wireless device that does Bluetooth, or is it like a USB device? How does it, how does it actually connect up, pair up with, your, with your, your MacBook computer? I honestly don't know, but it's just right there online. It, it isn't a separate device, although... The, I have a Braille book that's supposed to answer all my questions, and apparently some of these MacBooks come with it, and some of them don't, and you can buy it separately. So I don't know whether it's Bluetooth or, uh, you know, I, I really don't know. I'm, I'm just not that computer-educated, sorry. Well, that's fair enough. But, uh, so the, the the person that, that sold you the thing, did, did they set up the whole... Uh, the 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 Windows part of it too. Did it come that working that way right out of the, you know, after it was set up and turned on for you, or did you have to hire somebody to come in and do that? Or how did that work? I'm lucky. I I happened to teach Braille to a young boy who now is a full time employee of Apple, and he doesn't work in the stores. I mean, he's He's really up there. I mean, I, I don't know how I was so lucky because he's just so bright. And um, he was the one that told me, in fact, he had sold one to his parents first, especially to his father, because his father was, had been using Windows and was an attorney. And he, you know, he, he wanted to stay with Windows and the mother wanted to go with Mac, I think, you know, because they they practically consider themselves an Apple house now because their son is. Um, and so when I went to him and said, what what should I do? This was his recommendation. And I said, go ahead. And he ordered it for me, and he set it up, and then he sent it to me. So how lucky could I be? Uh, that's, that's outstanding. You're right. It's, all, it's always good to have somebody connected like that that, that knows what they're doing. Uh, that 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 that's worth uh, that's worth whatever you had to pay. I'm sure you get you get good value for your for your bucks then. So uh, the the older I get, the, the the more I've always come from a family that's been real real conscious of of of, uh, of, of good value for dollars spent, uh, which is just to say we're, we're extremely thrifty, I guess. But uh, I. I, I I'm willing to pay a little bit more nowadays for for stuff, and I've learned it, yeah, it's better to stick whenever I'm flying. Try to fly with the same 
company all the time. If nothing else, you learn you learn their routines, you learn how to book their tickets, and you learn how to use their apps, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, uh, I'm hope hopefully that that's what's known as wisdom as uh, as I age. And and I'm I'm definitely lucky, really, because my grandson-in-law lives right across the street, and whenever I really get stuck. Uh, when you know when it's convenient for him, he comes over and bails me out. And because the problem is that once in a while it will come up and it won't be talking. And when it isn't talking, I just panic because you know I know the screen is on because I can see that much, but I can't I can't read the print like you can uh, anymore. So I I have to get help before I can proceed. So it, so I really am fortunate, you know that that I have. That outlet as well. Well, the only reason I can read the print is because I've uh, I've got this Zoom Text software and I can magnify it up, you know, by a factor of about eight or ten. Uh, so if, if mine starts up and, and and something goes wrong, I can't read the print either because it's uh, the, the magnifying glass d- d- won't won't do it anymore. So uh, uh, I, I know what you're saying, but uh, it, you become dependent on this accessibility software very very much. So, uh, well, great. Well, I'm I'm getting ready to go eat. It's been lovely talking to you, Jill. And Nina, thanks for joining us. Uh, I'm sorry you you missed the thing, and I hope uh, I, I hope next time you're on, maybe your technology is uh, is working better for you. I, I'm sure you're not doing anything wrong. Well, well, I'm well, I'm 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 gonna try. I'm going to come back. I'm going to try and I'm come back and listen. I've, I've been to you guys and listening for a while. You guys for so while, for a while. So I would so like to join. I would like in. I would like to join in. And uh, and, and um, I like apples. I like stuff. Like apples too. Stuff to think I do. I you might think you able to. You might be use your able to use iPhone. Use your iPhone as an iPhone as a, as a, a tra- Pad, uh, track for a pad computer for a I'm not sure how computer I'm not all that not sure how works, but that worked but, but it seems like they all it seems like the inner they all in inner connect, connect connect and all that and all those uh, voice over uh, voice and over and magnification uh, magnification and all that magnification stuff is and all that's already stuff is on already on on Mac Mac or Apple, our app stuff, so you don't have to stuff, so you don't have to buy stuff, the extra stuff. Oh, and I apologize. I think I may have called you Nina instead of Lina, and I apologize for that. So it looks like it's just you and me left now. So uh, I'll thank you again. I don't know if you heard what next month's book is. It's called Gumption, G-U-M-P-T-I-O-N. Uh, and it's got some other words after it that I can't remember all of them, but you can certainly find it under just the title. It's by Nick Offerman. It's a commercially uh, produced, so the author narrates it himself. He, he's a television actor. He was on the TV show Parks and Recreation. I really like the guy. He profiles like 21 of his, well, I don't know, American heroes is not the name, but 20, 21 Americans that he thinks have exhibited gumption and that he really likes, and so... It's got humor. It's got some. It's got some. You know, a little bit of common vernacular language in it, which I hope that doesn't offend anybody. But uh, I, I find it funny. I think he's he's delivering it in a funny in a in a humorous manner. So uh, 
The guy's got a great vocabulary, and I thought it was a very good read. So hopefully you can join us next month. It'll be uh, May 15th. So have a great evening, and I'll catch you later. All right, all right. Thank you, thank you. I'm going to try and make it next month, and I do have this stuff for the book. Enjoy your evening, too. Bye-bye.